0: You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. Our world is in conflict. Hello and welcome to Bible Truth Feed a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org. There is war because of human nature, not because of religion, but Christ will come, set up his government, and there will be no more war. That is the hope that we find in the Bible, and is manifest in the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to the earth to establish God's kingdom. Well,
1: we don't have to look very far to see that the problems we've got in this world in which we live, uh, even in Europe, a civilised continent, we see war with people against each other. I often find people say to me, well, this is, all, of course, all the cause of the religion. It's religion that causes wars and fightings. However, I, I don't believe that to be true. And I've argued with many of my friends that if you think about it, It's all to do with human nature. Children, even from a little age as babies, argue and fight over rattles and dummies and this, that, and the other. Of course, when they get older, they argue over dollies and ties. So this isn't clearly religion. they are not being taught religion at this age. This is our human nature. It's what we're born like. And as we grow older, sadly, it becomes more and more difficult. We see how that one race feels that it's superior to another and enslaves them, and another race thinks that they can conquer uh, their countryside, their land, and, and dominate them, as we see at the moment with Russia and Ukraine. So nothing really new. It's been war since the beginning of time. But the Bible's view, of course, is that it isn't uh, the Bible. It's actually our human nature. This is what James says. He says, from whence comes wars and fighting amongst you? Do they not come even from your lusts at war in your members? That's our human nature. You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that that you may consume it upon your lusts. And this is what happens. One country is envious with another over its resources, whether it be water or oil or something else. And they want to conquer that territory and make it part of their own. And that started from the very beginning of time. This is a little clay tablet. It says it's a Sumerian stone carving of the first recorded war in history, around about 2500 before the Christian era. Of course, there were conflicts prior to this date, but since these events predated writing, there are no contemporary accounts of them. So, this is the first evidence they found of of war amongst nations. Goes on to say that in fact, experts believe that the first armed conflicts were fought more than 10,000 years ago. That's by their reckoning, by prehistoric city-states in present day Syria, Jordan and Iraq. These early contests were likely waged over resources or land. Yet since such events predate the advent of writing by at least 7,000 years, we have scant knowledge of these first fights say, for what the archaeologists have been able to glean from the smallest fragments of of information. Now, that isn't a Christadelphian publication. You can find that in other publications, and I found that in a Britannia encyclopedia. And you can see that it's over resources and land that people waged, no hint of religion in this circumstance. And we see that it goes back to the beginnings of time. In fact, the Bible tells us that in Genesis 10, verse 8, now these are the generations of the sons of Shem, of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And unto them were sons born after the flood. And Cush began Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore, it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord, and he goes on to say, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel and Erech, and Akkad and Calne in the land of Shinar. So we see how this man Nimrod started to control and dominate people. As you see people in gangs, in streets, you have the, the leader of the gang or whatever. And this was carried on on a much, much bigger scale. And they developed into city-states and the city-states got together and they formed a kingdom. That's the first time we read about a kingdom in the Bible, a kingdom of a man trying to uh, develop his power across many, many city-states and across nations. So that's what we see. And this is what the Bible tells us. It's, It's not religion. It's human nature, human greed and dominance of one person over another, bullying people from one to another. This is the kind of thing that we see in the world around us, it's very evident in our eyes. Now, the, the city states were Calne uh, and Akkad. were were probably in northern Syria uh, and, and northern Iraq, uh, but they developed an, an to a, uh, an empire called the Assyrian Empire, with Nineveh at its uh, at its capital city. But after that, we're told in the Bible of four great empires and this is all based upon the book of Daniel that tells us that uh, you have this confrontation between the kingdoms of men based upon uh, what men's power wanted and the kingdom of God and of course God created the earth in the beginning God owns the world in which we live but man has seek to put down its its marker on certain parts of the globe and, and expand its um, influence over its neighbours from one place to another. And that's what we see with the Babylonian Empire. It became powerful and started to uh, overpower the Egyptian Empire, obviously based in Egypt. And as time progressed, we have the Persian Empire from Turkey uh, across to the Indus River in India, another great empire. And then we find out that following that, there was another great empire, the Greek Empire, uh, under Alexander the Great, again, from Greece covering Egypt, right across the Middle East, right across to the Indus River again in India. it was this part of the world that we talk about, the Fertile Crescent, um, based upon the River Tigris and the Rig- River Euphrates, where it was thought that civilization began. Well, this is, this is not civilization. This is power that started to grow and expand from this part of the world. After the Greek Empire, we have the Roman Empire, which had a big influence across North Africa, uh, across to Syria, uh, Turkey, and then across to the West with Spain, France, and Britain. Of course, we've got remnants of the Roman Empire. I think even around Shrewsbury, there are some parts of, um, I think it's a place called Wall, uh, Roxeter. Uh, I've been to visit some of the Roman ruins around that part of the world when I've without planning and designing them in that area. Uh, and you can see the remnants of, of the Roman Empire in our country, and some very evident, uh, and are still standing and, and good structures. Um, but it dominated people at that time. Now, we were fortunate that the book of Daniel talks about this, and he talks about it in his chapter, uh, chapter 2, and also chapter 7, about world history. And really, it's about the battle between the kingdoms of men, as we've just been looking at, uh, overtaking various parts of the known world, and, and that one day all this will change, and that the Lord Jesus Christ will return to the earth, and they will ultimately overtake these kingdoms of men, and ultimately it will become the kingdoms of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, And we're fortunate we have these things written for us in the book of Daniel. So, as students of the Bible, we can just look back and compare um, encyclopedias and historical documents and see how these nations all developed into empires and their influence upon the world at that moment in time. So, that gives us a great insight into what is happening in the world in which we live. But we're told towards the end that uh, this image that represents the kingdoms of men in, from, taken from the book of uh, Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar's image, will ultimately be crushed and ground into powder and destroyed. Uh, but with that will come a change in people's attitudes. Now, this is a picture of Jeremy Bowen. Um, he's still the war correspondent at the moment, but he was celebrating um, 25 years as the BBC's war correspondent. And in a program that he did on the TV, he happened to say that the 20th century was the most violent century for war that the world has ever seen. So if we think that atheism has brought peace and tranquility to the earth, it's actually wrong, because actually it's brought more and more wars. So we see more wars than ever before, sadly. And it will not end. It will continue on. We go back into the... Uh, end of the uh, 19th century. We had the Crimea War and from that led then to the First World War uh, where we have Britain and France, the Allied powers against Germany and the Austria-Hungarian Empire and then later Russia coming in and then later America coming in to lend its weight, And it's brought about this problems with the nations. It was called the great war, the war to end all wars. It was the war from 1914 to the 1918, but it had its impact on society. Uh, More people died in the Battle of the Somme than in the whole of the Napoleonic War that went on uh, towards the end of the uh, 18th century, uh, when uh, we had Napoleon trying to conquer Europe, France, At one battle alone, there were more casualties in that battle than the whole of the Napoleonic War period. So it just shows that man has increased its divination, devastation and killing power of its fellow man, sadly. Well, the outcome of the First World War meant that Britain had control of Egypt and it was starting to influence the Middle East. And it, it knew that they'd got oil in the, the Middle East, and it wanted to expand this and develop this, particularly in Iraq, where Britain got in, interest in oil fields there. And so to try to bring many of the uh, Arabs on board, they promised them various things. But well, they also wanted to bring the Jews on board. And uh, this is what uh, happened in 1917, what's called the Balfour Declaration, uh, where uh, Balfour wrote to Lord Rothschild to say that I have much pleasure in conveying to you on behalf of his majesty's government the following declaration of sympathy with Jewish Zionist aspirations, which has been sub- submitted to the improved by the cabinet, where they uh, agree for the development of uh, Arabs and Jews uh, sharing this land uh, with uh, as long as everybody was was relatively happy. The Arabs were under the Ottoman Empire, and they had now got their countries back for the first time in centuries. And also, Israel has now been re-established since its demise in AD 135, when the Emperor Adrian took his British battalions and went from the UK, or Britain as it was known then, down to Israel, virtually destroyed the nation of Israel and sent them as slaves around the Roman Empire. So incredible change historically, what was happening in the world. Now, this is a map of the Ottoman Empire in 1923, originally expanding right the way across to North Africa, up and into Spain. And then it extended across Turkey into the Balkans, and and was almost at the gates of Vienna when it was eventually held back by the Austro-Hungarian forces. And at that moment, it started to shrink back to this little area that we see on this map of the Ottoman Empire. Uh, We see, of course, that the area of Israel is called Palestine. That's because when Adrian went down and destroyed uh, Israel with his Roman battalions, they called the name of that area Judea-Palestinia, and that became the name then of, 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 of that land of Israel, Palestine. That's where we get the name for the Palestines from. But of course, it was always Israel prior to its invasion by the Romans. What we can see here now how countries like Iraq and Syria and Turkey are starting to develop from the Roman Empire, and they were to be, to grow and become independent countries. And then suddenly we have the Second World War, again, another conflict. The Second World War was the name of the war commonly given to the global conflict of 1939, 1945. It was the greatest and most destructive war in history so far. It involved Europe. It involved Asia, across the Burma, Indonesia, Japan, as well as the far-front islands of the Pacific. More than 50 million people died it really was a global conflict and of course by this time the atomic bomb had been developed and more people could be killed with one bomb than had been killed in many of the battles that had been before it the, the amount of destruction uh, by bombs was just unbelievable once so they developed the atomic of course then after that the hydrogen bomb but again the result of this war was to bring about a terrible period because when Germany had surrendered, the British and the Americans went into Germany and found, well, dozens of concentration camps where millions of Jews had been exterminated, destroyed in the gas chambers and buried in huge pits, as you can see on the screen here, pits of human bodies just thrown into a huge dug hole and, and buried over and forgotten forever. But of course, the Americans and the British brought this to light and war crimes ensued from that. But the thing about this was at this moment in time, Jews were reluctant to go back to the state of Israel. But after these events, the Jews went back and started to develop the nation of Israel. And it was what, four years over after the end of the, uh, of the First, Second World War in 1948, that here we have the, the Palestine Post being printed, and it's the state of the nation of Israel is born on May the 8th and in 1948. Well, you, you can look and if you can read the, the, the paper itself, you'll notice how we see that it's the first independent Jewish state in 19 19th centuries, it was born in Tel Aviv as the British mandate over Palestine came to an end at midnight on Friday. It goes then to say that people were fighting, battling for Jerusalem, and ultimately the city falling to the Jews. At the same time, President Truman announced that the United States would uh, accord recognition to the new state of Israel and supported them ever since. And then a few hours later, the Palestine was invaded by Muslim armies from the south, from the east, and from the north when Egypt, Syria, and Jordan Attacked the nation of Israel, and they told all the Arabs living in the country to get out because they were about to invade, and that's why we have so many refugees in Jordan because they got over the border before they started to attack. But you can see that we have um, on the bottom of the middle and and around the middle of the paper two columns cross the border, the southern border. You have settlers at Etzion being taken prisoner of war by the Arabs. And many things were happening. And then we see the Egyptian Air Force Spitfires bombed Tel Aviv on one shot down. So as soon as May the 8th arrived, the Arabs were straight away trying to destroy that fledgling nation of Israel. Well, we are not surprised as Bible believers and Bible students, because when we read Psalm 83, although this was written at the time of David, King David of Israel, it is very much applicable, the tone and sentiment of it, to what we see now. Um, one of the recent presidents of Iran actually said some of these words, let's cut Israel off from being a nation in the United nations. And it says, do not keep silent, O God, do not hold your peace, and do not be still, O God, For behold your enemies make a tumult, and those who hate you have lifted up their head, They have taken crafty counsel together against your people. I think this could be well said of the United Nations at the moment and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. Now, it's interesting because there was no nation of Israel from the time of the Roman invasion up to the 1900s. So how applicable is this now in our day than it was then? So we can look and see that how the events of the uh, rebirth of the nation of Israel are really applicable to the last days in which we live and the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we read the Bible, we see that this attitude of preparing for war was something that God had spoken about, that this is what human beings would do. Joel, for telling the time of the end when the Christ would return, says, proclaim this among the nations prepare for war, wake up the mighty men, let all the men of war draw near. So we see this attitude of people wanting to fight and to kill. Let men come up, beat your ploughshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble and come, all you nations, and gather together all around. And I think, Some of the antics of the United Nations, where they've been absolutely voting all against the nation of Israel recently, prior to the COVID outbreak, lends itself to this, that people want to destroy the nation of Israel. But also this development of warlike attitudes amongst the nations. We are indeed in a fearful world. Uh, Luke 21, 21 says that men were fainting with fear. And with foreboding of what is coming on the world. And, and I must admit, the other week, when when over the Russian Ukraine situation, Putin said they might develop, might use nuclear weaponry. The world took one big step backwards because that's the last thing they want to see. But no wonder people would be fearful and fainting if that happened upon the earth. Again, the argument. Is this brought about by religion or is it brought about by mankind? Well, as we said, James 4 and verse 4 says, what causes wars and what causes fighting amongst you? Is it not your passions that are at war in your members? It's this desire by Putin and other people to conquer other peoples, uh, at, at their will, not just in Russia and Ukraine. We see North Korea. We see it happening in many, many places around the world. As we remembered by Jerry Bowen, he said this was the worst century for war ever in the conflict in history of mankind. And this is a picture uh, that I got from the internet of current global conflicts in the world in which we live. And this was in 2019 when I first did this talk. So we're only talking of three years ago. We have issues with North Korea, issues in Borneo, issues in Thailand, in Bangladesh, in India, in Ceylon, uh, in Iran, uh, Kazakhstan, China, where they're, they're fighting off the, the Muslims there and, and uh, doing some terrible things with them. Kazakhstan, when Putin had to send part of his army and his bully boys down to Kazakhstan to bring about peace there, when people were rebelling over terrible conditions they were finding there, in Iran, in Turkey. Syria, all across the globe. Look at Africa. So many places there in Africa where wars are breaking out left, right and centre. Right the way across to the South America, Venezuela uh, and in Mexico has been having problems as well. And that was from an independent uh, source. Nothing to do with Christadelphians that that have produced this. It's just incredible that people themselves recognise Really, it's mankind at war with mankind, a terrible situation. If you go onto the United Nations website, you can get various reports. And one of them I pulled off was that since 1990 to 2012, the United States has exported more than $150 billion worth of weapons around the world. $150 billion dollars. Of weapons around the world, and that many of these sales have been to repressive or unstable regimes. So you can say, although America talks about peace, this, that, and the other, it's actual factories are distributing weaponry around the globe. In, in fact, in some parts of Africa, you can buy a rifle or semi automatic weapon for the price of a chicken. And it's just absolutely ridiculous The things are happening like that. And it's just encouraging. Well, we know these child child armies have been being used against each other, sent into war with rifles when they should be going to school with books and calculators. The world's official small arms trade in 2014 was $8.5 billion just in that one year alone. Wow. It's just incredible the way that war machinery, small arms, this is rifles and guns. And things like that, that have been exported around the world, encouraging more and more people to take up arms and to fight, beating their plowshares into spears and their pruning hooks into swords. Yes, exactly. When we read that passage that we had read for us as an introduction, Matthew 24, we read there that it says, "And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars." See that you be not troubled for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. And I think when we look at that picture of the global conflict in the 20th century, it's just incredible that we see wars and rumors of wars on every continent upon the earth. It's just nowhere is free from wars. And this is exactly what the Bible says will happen before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. It goes on to say, "For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And, and that's exactly what we see happening in the world in which you live. Neighbours warring and fighting against each other. When I did this talk first in 2019, it was Iran had attacked a tanker in the uh, Persian Gulf. And America was then sending its uh, aircraft carriers into the Middle East. And there was a fear of, global conflict spreading out once again. Now, three years later, it's Ukraine that's being bombed and destroyed by the Russians. And again, many countries in Western Europe have sent support, but of course, NATO doesn't want to go into Ukraine because that would bring about the use of nuclear weapons and tactics. So you can understand why America and NATO are holding back from those decisions. But he's showing us the picture of wars around the world. Well, that paints a very sad picture of the world in which we live. But as Christadelphians, Bible students, we believe the Bible foretells of a much better world in which we're going to live in. A world of peace, a world of plenty, no worry about feeding the population, and a world of safety. No more war and fighting. Isaiah 2 Gives us a clue of those days. And the Isaiah two we read, and many people should go and say, Come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. Now the God of Jacob is the God of Israel, so that God's government will be focused in and around Jerusalem. He will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. God's government will be placed in Jerusalem in Israel, and peace will go from that. And peace and safety uh, and, 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 uh, and an end to war and famine and disease and destruction will go from Jerusalem around the world. And all countries will then come to give acknowledgement of God. This is the image we see outside the United Nations where it says, let us beat swords into plowshares. That's exactly what Isaiah goes on to say. And we're told that, and he, Jesus, shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, and neither shall they learn war anymore. Unfortunately, at the United Nations, we won't see that happen because they are corrupt and blinded against Israel. But when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, it will open their eyes and that the world will acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ around the globe and that ultimately this passage that we see engraved on this stone outside the United Nations will come true that they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. But only when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. That's what we sincerely believe. We hope and pray that it is soon to bring an end to the wars, not just in Ukraine and Russia, but around the world. And that the people may be fed and and disease cured and peace and safety around the globe. Thank you for your attention and uh, God be with you.